Greetings in Jesus' name, and I welcome each and every one of you to the service here this morning. This morning, uh, as Chase mentioned, it, uh, it is Mother's Day, and it is a very special day. Um, I always think on Mother's Day, it's, it's, it's a, a very appropriate day, because our dear mothers do so very much for us that we just take for granted. And I have been blessed in this life and very greatly blessed with a godly mother and also a godly wife from the mother of my children. And uh, Abraham Lincoln stated, no one is poor who had a godly mother. He also made the comment, all that I am and ever hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. I uh, found that very interesting. Booker T. Washington said, In all my efforts to learn to read, my mother shared fully my ambition and sympathized with me and aided me in every way she could. If I have done anything in worth attention, I I feel sure that I inherited the disposition from my mother. And I I come here today with... uh, not a heavy heart, but also a grateful heart. I'm grateful for every mom that's in this room. I'm grateful for every one of you that have taken time out of your busy schedules to put capital into the next generation in your children. May God bless you. Don't forget your mother on Mother's Day. Um, If you still have your mom with you, you have the time to go give her a hug and tell her you love her. Give her a call. Take the time to honor your mother because they've done so very much for you. Got a couple little things here, a poem. Some may climb Mount Everest in search of thrills of glory, but I scale peaks that rival it, just the laundry door. Slopes of socks and underwear, sheer cliffs of shirts and pants. Oh yes, I live in mortal fear of a laundry avalanche. And, and laundry is something that I often think about because as we grow up, from washing diapers or cleaning pants to the grass stains that come home from school to on through the rest of life, it just gets done. And thanks to mom. At age four, we say, mom, she can do anything. At age 12, well, mom doesn't know everything. At age 14, mom doesn't know anything. At age 18, mom is out of step with the times. At age 25, well, mom knows a few things. At age 35, before we decide to do that, let's, give, let's get mom's opinion. At age 45, I wonder what mom would say about this. And at age 65, I just wish I could talk with my mother. And that's what I I leave with you, or I I bring them up to say thank you to all the moms, and also let's take the time to talk to our mom while she is still here. I do have a couple other things here I want to share. And last Sunday, I made my rounds in the children's classes and the young youth, uh, the young adults. And uh, I've got a few things that I asked them what they appreciate, appreciate about their moms. I'm going to go through that list. I'm not going to give you names, but uh, I love to hear from children, and I love to hear what they appreciate. So moms, this is specifically 
for you from your children. What do you appreciate about mom? Everything, always there for me. Always there for me again, she does my laundry. Always willing to cook. Helps me when I hurt myself. Someone who I can talk to. Takes time to do things with me. She helps me with my math. She makes the best white chicken chili. When mom tucks me into bed. When she makes cheesy potatoes. She washes my laundry. She helps me with schoolwork. I love her so much. She buys candy and gum for me on my birthday. She helps me with my schoolwork. She's always been there to be a help, especially encouraging me in the kitchen. She always cared for me and still does. She's nice and bossy and spoils me. That was all one person. Nice, bossy, and spoils. Mom keeps dad from spoiling me too much. She fixes lunch for me every day. Always adventurous person to take us places. She gives me $50 for my birthday. Mom has always taught us to be responsible, especially with housework chores. Always there to make sure there's plenty of snacks and goodies and candy in the house. Mom is very, very patient with me. I share them with you because it blessed my heart to hear from them children, and I hope it means something because God bless you as mothers. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for all the blessing you have been. This morning I'm going to turn to Luke 1. And I'm going to jump through Luke 1, verses 26 through 38. I'm not going to take the time to read them all. This is a very, very familiar passage. And when I was studying for Mother's Day, I was thinking about this because I want to pertain it to moms, and yet I don't want it to be exclusively to moms because there are other people out here. And I came across the story of Mary, and I thought, well, that's just, I mean, honestly, we all know this story. It's not Christmas this is, can't be, but as I studied this story a little bit, and, and, and it's the story of when the, when the angel came to Mary. And the angel in 30 says, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have been found in favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. That's verse 31. 32, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that the Holy One who is to be born shall be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who has been barren. For with God, nothing will be possible. What I would like to talk about today is verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. 
let it to be let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her now we understand this story and we understand what went through there and we understand the rest of the story if i can say it that way but i've got two points i'd like to make this morning mary was confronted with a situation Because I think sometimes we think, or I've thought in the past, that would have been really neat to be part of Jesus' story as a human. But honestly, put yourself in Mary or Joseph's position. You can say, last night the angel visited me and I am going to bear a son and his name is Jesus. And let's be real honest, the world says, yeah, right. Yeah, right. So Mary had a choice to make. Mary sat there and the angel shared this with her and she had a a, a choice to say, oh, okay, that's all great, you know, God, here you are and we're we're here and you're telling me this and I, I get it, but tomorrow morning I have to go out there. And, And to be real honest, it was less accepted back then than it was now that an unmarried mom would have a child. You could be stoned to death just like that. And I've often not grappled with that, but thought about this when Christmas comes around. Because it is amazing to me that Mary and Joseph both accepted God's will for their life. And they took that that response. And her response in uh, verse 38 says, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. And I ask you this question this morning. Are you willing to be the Lord's servant? That applies to each one of us, not just to moms. See, when, you, when Mary said, I will be your maidservant, she didn't say, okay, I will do what you ask me to do as long as it aligns with my scheduling. You see, it even amazes me how, how the process of life, in a sense, works. You meet this guy or you meet this girl and you fall in love, right? And it's all roses and wonderful here. And then you decide, well, we're going to get married. And so you get married and down the road... Somehow children show up, you know, and then it's like, this is all wonderful. You know, the honeymoon's over. We're just, this is all great. And then the children grow and there's another one and another one and another one. And all at once it's like, I, I can't even get done what I hope to get done today. All I got done is, is bandaging knees and running after the children. And you go from what was just like, wow, love at first sight. My life, my life is wonderful. To actually what God calls all of us, and that is caring for somebody else. Whether you have children or not, that doesn't just apply to you. God has called each one of us to be a servant to somebody else. To lay your life and your agenda down. So are you willing to be a servant? Mary's response was, I will be your servant. And sometimes in our life, I think we think, well... You know, maybe it's not as a parent. It's not all doom and gloom, children. I'm not going to paint that picture totally. But there are days when you come up and you wake up and you think, I've got this and this and this, and it gets totally deranged. And it's okay. Because if you are a parent here today, or if you are a Christian here, I believe that you have to commit your life to Jesus Christ as a servant for the kingdom of God. And as a parent, it becomes very, very, very practical. Both as a mom and a dad. 
As a mom, your flower garden may not get weeded because there was a child who needed to be held. There may be a child who needs discipline. There may be laundry to be washed. And yet you do it with a cheerful heart. As a dad, you come home from work and you think, wow, I just accomplished this. I come home and I have a little bit of me time, right? And the children meet you at the door and you realize that me time starts at 10 o'clock when they're all sleeping. That's when me time starts. It doesn't mean you never have any time. But as a servant, if we are willing to say what Mary says there is, behold, I am a maid servant unto the Lord, then we give our children our time. If we are going to withhold from our children what what our responsibilities are, our parents, because we have an agenda, then we are not taking what God has entrusted to us to care for. And we are putting our own selfish ambitions above what God has entrusted in us. See, your children, if you are here with children today, your children are the next generation. These are the direct descendants of you, but also of the church moving forward. These are the people that God has given you to care for. As I stated, it doesn't just apply to parents. It applies to anyone who's accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, because we are here to glorify Christ. We must be sold out, no matter the cost. There are rewards that come your way at times, but are we willing to live it out? Are we willing to make that sacrifice? I do once again want you to think about Mary, because I believe that sacrifice is probably greater. She had to consider and think about what the world was going to say than probably most of us have ever faced. Because she didn't know how that world was going to take her. She didn't know how her own engaged husband, or boyfriend at that point, if we can put it in today's terms, was going to accept her. That might be the end of their relationship, because she accepted God's will. Are we flexible enough to be a servant? Are we flexible enough to let our housework go by to let our garden go past, to let our time of me time as dads, or our time of what we want to get done go so that we can take our young ones out to do something with them and just spend that evening with them. Is our life about what we enjoy, or is our life about serving others? You see, most of us righteousify our reasons. We have to make money. Well, I've got to teach children how to work. You're right. Because spoiled children don't do you a whole lot of good either. But there's a balance there, and I think that's where we have to seek out God's will and be a servant of him. I'd like to move on to point number two in verse 38. And she says, let it be to me according to your word. Because Mary believed God's word, she said, I will do what your will is. And that really struck me. Are we willing to do God's will because of God? Do we understand who God is? 
We talked a little bit about in Sunday school. Do we comprehend who God is? Are we willing to follow God's word because the faith in his word to carry out his will? Are you willing to live it out fully, 100% sold out for him? I do believe if you're here today and you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you have the faith in God's word to live out his will for your life, because he has a purpose for you. If you are here today, and that's where you're at, and you have chosen to be a servant, and you say, I want to be that servant, then we have to live out God's word. We have to be willing to carry out God's commands at all costs. And I hope I say this right, but Jochebed, which would be Moses' mother, did not listen to Pharaoh, but listened to God's commands and hid her son because she cared for him. Are we willing to follow it with genuine faith? Even when we're wore out and tired, are we willing to be a mom, a dad, even when it's not fun? Even when we think it's probably due time that we have a little bit of time. I'd like to touch base with 2 Timothy 1, verses 3 through 7. And I'm not going to take the time to read them. So you don't have to turn to them because I think we all know this. But here it is written and it says uh, in verse 5, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, Timothy, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in also you. So what is genuine faith? What is sincere faith? Here, here it is stated that Timothy, and he refers back to, and if I understand the story the right, is he, was a, he had a Greek father who was an unbeliever. But he had a grandma who loved Jesus Christ, and he had a mom who loved Jesus Christ. So he had, in a sense, his mom passed on the lineage of Christ. And then we have Timothy, who was out doing mission work. And then he goes on in verse 7, and he says, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And that is the love that we can draw on even when we're tired and weary and wore out and we don't feel like it. We can draw on that love and that, that, that power so that we can still parent in them times. So that we can still reach the world around us in them time. I came across the story by Melvin New Newland. And I thought it explained something that I was trying to make with genuine sincerity of faith. There were once four scholars who were arguing over Bible translations. One said he thought that the King James Version was the best because of its beautiful and eloquent style of speech. Another said he preferred the American Standard Bible for its accurate translation of the original text. A third preferred the New International Version because of its modern language and ease of understanding. After thinking about it for a moment, the fourth scholar said, I have always preferred my mother's translation. When the others expressed surprise, saying that they didn't know that she was a translator, he responded, Yes, she translated it. She translated it into life. 
That's the best, best translation I've ever seen. They were talking about copying the Bible. He was talking about his mom who lived out the Bible. I found it so intriguing, and that's exactly what I like to think about as here in Timothy. When he talks about a genuine faith, it is a faith that we as parents truly, honestly live out. So we can tell our children what to do, but if we don't live it out, it's probably falling on deaf ears. If we don't take our faith literally and go to God's word and live according to that, Unfortunately, it's probably falling on deaf ears. What are you living for? Are you willing to get involved in God's work, not just say they should? It's easier to tell our children, reach out. Reach out to the community. Reach out to those around you. Help those that maybe need a helping hand. Go to mission work. But what about you? How involved are you in God's work? I believe the best way is like this, this scholar said, the best Bible your children will see is you, especially at a very young age. We make mistakes, but I think if we can live it out, that's the best translation they will understand. Closing. Got one more story I'd like to read. It's about life. It comes from Melvin Newland again. The young mother set her foot on the path of life. Is the, is the way long, she asked, and her guide said, yes, and the way is hard. And you will be old before you reach the end of it, but the end will be better than the beginning. The young mother was happy, and she would not believe that anything could be better than these years. So she played with her children, gathered flowers for them along the way. The sun shone on them, and life was good. The young woman cried, Nothing will ever be lovelier than this. Then the night came, storm, and the path was dark. The children shook with fear and cold. The mother drew them close, covered them with her mantle, and the children said, O oh mother, we are not afraid, for you are near. No one can come. The mother said, This is better than the brightness of the day, for I have taught my children courage. The morning came. There was a hill ahead, and the children climbed and grew weary. But she said to her children, a little, a little patience, and we are there. So the children climbed. When they reached the top, they said, we could not have done this. We could not have done it without you, mother. And the mother, when she lay down that night, looked up at the stars and said, this is a better day than the last, for my children have learned perseverance in the face of difficulty. Yesterday, I gave them courage. Today, I have given them strength. When the next day came, strange clouds which darkened the earth, clouds of war, hatred, and the children grumbled and stumbled along. The mother said, look up, lift your eyes to the light. And the children looked up and saw above the clouds an everlasting glory. It guided them and brought them beyond the darkness. That night, the mother said, this is the best day of all, for I have shown my children God. The days went on, weeks and months and years. The mother grew old, and she was little and bent, but her children were strong, strong and tall and walked with courage. When the way was hard, they helped their mother, and when the way was rough, they lifted her, for she was light as a feather. And at last they came to a hill, golden gates opened wide. The mother said, I have reached the end of my journey, and now I know 
that the end is better than the beginning, for my children can walk alone and their children after them. The children said, You will always walk with us, mother, even when you have gone through the gates. And they stood and watched her as she went on alone, and the gates closed after her. And they said, We cannot see her, but she is with us all. I leave that as an encouragement to us. As an encouragement to us as parents and as mothers, thank you once again for what you've done and the blessings you've been. But are we willing to leave in our children strength, courage, and most of all, to serve our Lord and Savior and live for Him? Let's bow for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for all the moms that are here. We thank you for all the moms that have given so much of their time for us children. We ask you to bless them. Give them courage, even when the way is dreary and dark and the day doesn't go as planned. God, just give them strength to continue on. I pray that each one of us can live out your word. That the best Bible people can see is us living it out genuinely in faith for you, God. I pray that we can go here strengthened and encouraged to walk with you and to live our lives 100% sold out for you. We ask this all in your name. Amen. May God bless you.